Hello, and welcome to the Christ Table Podcast, a Bible study for those who struggle with digging into the Bible, but who want to develop a richer faith, one with some meat on its bones. I'm Kevin Young, a media guy turned minister who's passionate about helping others thrive, especially spiritually. If you're unaware, Christ's Table is a movement of people returning the church to her roots, in homes, around tables, over food with old friends and fresh conversations. Check us out over at www.christtable.today. In the meantime, today's study continues the topic of unity as we make our journey through the book of Ephesians. Today we're in chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. Let's dig in. There are a lot of smells in life that bring up memories for me. Uh, When I think about smells, I think about chocolate chip cookies being made in my grandmother's house. And now every time that I smell chocolate chip cookies, I think of my grandmother's house. Uh, For England, there are smells that take me back to my time in England. There's some smells which take me to negative places, like uh, anytime I I smell a locker room that reminds me of high school gym class. There are other smells that remind me of individuals, that remind me of my wife, that remind me of my kids, that remind me of different times in my life. Now, whenever we come to Ephesians chapter 5, Paul is actually going to begin by talking about the sense of smell. Verse 1, imitate God. Therefore, in everything that you do, because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. Now, Paul is essentially saying here, you have one life to live. All of us are following examples in our life of the way to live. Why don't you make a conscious decision to make Christ, to make God the example by which you follow? And if you do that, then you're going to live a life filled with love. We know a lot of people who follow a lot of examples in life of how to live. And more often than not, those examples don't end up making that person a more loving individual. They make that person a less loving individual oftentimes. So Paul just cuts to the chase and says, I want you to be more loving. God wants you to be more loving. So choose the right example of who to follow. And that example needs to be God, needs to be Christ. And and do that in everything that you do. Verse 2, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Follow Christ. He loves you. He gave himself as a sacrifice for you. What greater act of love could there be? And That's a pleasing aroma to God. Now think about that, a pleasing aroma to God. The Bible actually talks multiple times about smell and good smells and occasionally bad smells. And we have a lot of smells in our life too. Like I said, that are good smells, aromas that are pleasing and aromas that are not so pleasing. Um, We often find ourselves maybe not being a pleasing aroma. We take a shower, put on cologne or perfume. We social distance ourselves from other people after we've worked out for fear that our aroma is not pleasing. Here, obviously, Paul is speaking metaphorically that oftentimes the life that we live 
gives off an aroma as well. And we should want that to be a pleasing aroma. Fascinatingly, this is how he characterizes God's view of us, that God can smell us. Think about that for just a moment, that God has senses and God prefers to have us give off a pleasing aroma. Well, what does that mean? It's fascinating. If you study brain science, smell, one of the five senses, smell is the one that is most connected to memory. It's why a smell can take us places. A certain perfume or cologne can take us back to a certain place or to a certain person. It's why a smell of certain kinds of food can take us back immediately to moments where we were previously in our life. I can remember when Sally and I were house hunting up in Cleveland, Ohio, and one of the houses that the realtor took us to, I got out of the car and immediately I was overwhelmed with this emotional sense of my childhood. And what it was, was it was the sounds of the trees and the, the bugs in the trees, but also was the smell of the place took me back to my grandparents' house in Indiana. And I just, I just immediately started crying. And Sally's like, what is wrong with you? Why are you crying? It was just this most inopportune and weird moment. And I was just through my tears. I, I said, this, <laughs> this reminds me of my grandparents' home. I have this overwhelming feeling of peace here because of the smell. Smell is most connected to memory. So why does God want us to be a pleasing aroma? Because I think God wants to remember you and God wants to remember me at our best. Our obedience or lack thereof has a smell to God, has an aroma to God. And when we obey to God, that's a pleasing aroma. Now, what does that mean to obey? Because when I hear that word, I think, oh, great, here it is. Here's the list. Here's the time to slap the hand. And Paul actually, thankfully, does give us a list. And here it is in verses three and four. Let there be no sexual immorality, no impurity or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Such sins give off the wrong aroma. They give people the wrong impression. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, which Paul has just talked about at the end of chapter nine. What we see here is a broad brushstroke list of things that make Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, smell like people who are far from God. Now, clearly, on the basis of Scripture, God does not want us to be fully out of the world. We must be in the world, Jesus says. But we must not be of the world. There should be a difference between how we look, how we act, how we smell, and the rest of the world. And so what Paul does here is Paul actually gives some specific ideas to the church at Ephesus as to 
what they should be tuned into. Why does Paul give this list here? Well, Paul gives this list here because Ephesus was known as being the Las Vegas of the ancient world. Ephesus was known as being a place in the ancient world where sexual immorality and debauchery and crazy, awful types of things were the norm. And so the people who are reading this, that would have been their own life, being being practicing and, and involved in those types of things. And Paul says, if you continue doing all of those things that you once did before, then what transformation has come to your life? What what good has God done if he has not rescued you from some of those things? Now, this list is not specific, which I actually think is quite wise because I think for Paul, it wasn't the specific list of things here for them or for us. It was simply a broad brushstroke that says whenever it comes to sexual morality how you live your life in that way, it needs to look in some way different from the way the culture around you is viewing and practicing. Paul also speaks, as we've said too, about obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, that those things are unwise and have no place among God's people. Paul says, quite directly in verse four, these are not for you. Instead, let there be these things. And so Paul says, essentially, those things are taking time and space away in your life from things that are much better for you. Thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. And so Paul is kind of doubling down here. And he's saying this This isn't really just a good idea. This really matters. There there must be there must be fruit. There must be some kind of change or difference that's shown and that's taken place. Paul says, verse five, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. And don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Paul is in this section of scripture, essentially saying um, there are a lot of people out there who uh, have the wrong thing in mind and are acting in the wrong way. And you should be careful who you, and, and it's kind of this business partnership is the word that he used there. You should be, you should be careful who you associate with. You should be careful who you are partners or who you link up with. Now, again, that doesn't say you can't have friends, you, you can't have relationships among people who, who are not followers of God. Of course we should. But there's a difference between that and linking up with someone, becoming a, a partner with someone, and not partner in the relational sense or, or in the spousal sense necessarily, but just simply being in partnerships with people. Paul says, be careful. Don't participate in the things that these people do. Be different. And that's okay. Be who God has created you to be. God wants you to look different than the surrounding culture. But I want to say 
that sometimes what we think that means whenever somebody like me says look different than the surrounding culture, we automatically filter that through the lens of maybe it's a real conservative theology of fundamentalism, illegalism. Maybe we filter that through the lens of what our childhood pastor said was do's and the don'ts for followers of Jesus Christ. Maybe some of us filter that through the lens of our politics don't look different than the surrounding culture. Well, the surrounding culture is this political party, so don't look like that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that before I close here, it is incumbent, it's imperative upon me to say that we may not have the right view of what it means to look differently than the surrounding culture, because our view of what that means may not be God's view of what that means. So I want to do I want to do a gut check here. I want you to do a gut check here, and I want you to consider for just a moment what it means to look different than the surrounding culture. And then I want you to do a gut check and say, what if you're wrong? What if your perception of what that means is different than what it really means? What are you talking about, Pastor Kevin? Well, I'm talking about masking and vaxxing. I'm talking about uh, abortion and sexual identity. I'm talking about refugees and the poor. I'm talking about healthcare and providing for the needs of other people. I'm talking about things that may, in our mind, immediately be that's the world and that's the culture, but because we're following something other than Christ sometimes, we're following a political news channel, we're following a political party, we're following a, a pastor who, who may not understand what's in the world and what's not in the world. We have an incorrect view of what it means to be distant from the surrounding culture of the world. Well, okay, Pastor Kevin, how do I, how do I know if, if what I think it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ and what I think it means to be opposite of culture, if I'm like wrong on that, how do I know? That's why it's so important for you to know what Jesus said and what Jesus did. It's why it's so important for you to be reading the Sermon on the Mount, to be reading Jesus' words, to be reading the parables. It's why it's so important for you to be like the Bereans were in Acts and going home after a Sunday service or, or going home or to your Bible after what you heard the TV preacher say or the pundit on your news channel say and matching that up against what the Bible, what Jesus actually says. A lot of what passes for Christianity and Christian thought in America doesn't match up to what Jesus actually said and taught. I mean, start with the Beatitudes. Start with the Sermon on the Mount in which the Beatitudes are a part. Read that. 
read that and then tell me how much of what we believe sometimes in America is Christianity and is the way of Christ is right and is wrong. Sadly, you have to do your own work. We can easily be led astray, as we've seen so many people be easily led astray by conspiracies and, and by false science. So many people are easily led astray by false biblical teaching, by false theology. It matters. It matters how we treat the poor. It matters how we treat those with sexual identities who may be different than ours. It matters that, that we believe and, and, and fully listen to scientific truth. It matters how we treat refugees. It matters how we take care of other people who are in need. All of those things matter. They matter to Jesus. And sometimes we as the church, we've let other things get in the way of that. The American ideal, the American dream, freedom, self-focus, fear. Paul's challenging us here. Paul's challenging us here. Don't participate in the things these people do. If we write this verse off and we write Paul off here as only talking about sexual immorality, as only speaking towards the way we talk, we've limited imitation of Christ to, to be too small. Don't let that be you. And I'm not... I'm going to try to not let it be me either. What Paul's saying here is uber important. And he's not saying it to someone else. He's saying it to you. And he's saying it to me. This Bible study from the book of Ephesians is brought to you by Christ's Table. If you'd like to join us in the study, there's an easy to follow guide in the show notes. We'd love to have you join us. You know, 65 million adults in the United States have dropped out of church, and that number will grow by 2.7 million before the end of this year. We here at Christ Table are committed to doing something about that. We're committed to creating a world where the table is once again the center of the home, the center of family life, and especially the center of faith formation. Our mission, that simple, to help people eat freely and drink deeply of life and of faith. Find out more about us by going to www.christtable.today. When you get over to christtable.today, be sure to sign up for our email list. And for those who choose to donate, I've got a resource box that I'm going to send you in the mail as my thanks. And trust me, you're going to like it. By the way, the podcast is available because of the generous donations of our listeners and the incredible community of people who call Christ Table their spiritual home. Join us on our next episode as we continue our step-by-step -step study through the book of Ephesians. And if you'd like to watch these Bible studies live, there's more information on our website about that as well over at Christtable.today. Thanks so much for listening. We wouldn't be here without you. And until next time, I'm Pastor Young, and this is the Christ Table Podcast.